journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at 1 p.m. for the trip of a lifetime. Shavua Tov, Shavua Tov. We are having a trip of a lifetime. It seems that half of Johannesburg is having load shedding and we're tripping all over the place. So what better thing to do but to sit back, relax, learn some Torah. Torah brings light into our lives and we'll let the others try to uh, connect us back to some physical light. But we'll be concentrating on spiritual light. And as always, we are tripping through the Bible, we are on our camels, we are going through the lives of our forefathers, and we are holding on the book of Genesis, chapter 42. We're at a very, very dramatic time. It is the time where Joseph meets his brothers for the first time. After 12 years of separation, after a time where his brothers had basically thrown him out the house, sold him as a slave, lied to their father, And, uh, you know, the wheels of fortune turn and um, now they find themselves groveling at the feet of Yosef. Last week we finished on chapter 15, okay, um, where actually, not chapter 15, sorry, apologies, verse 15. And that's where we're going to pick up now. Basically, what is happening is the brothers are standing in front of Yosef. They are, they are, uh, they're, they're crying, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very nervous. Why? Because the so-called viceroy of Egypt, Yosef, has said the following to them. And I'm going back to verse 14 of chapter 42. If you are joining me in looking inside, by Yomer Alehem, Yosef, Yosef says to them, who are Shedibat Alehem, it's just as I said to you, Lamor, um, Meraglim Atem, you are spies. He accuses them of spying um, on a practical level. It looked like they were trying to get themselves into trouble. They were <clears throat> going around a very unsavory part of town trying to look for Yosef, thinking that that's where Yosef would be. And um, in truth, they were just really just looking for Yosef. But he accuses them of being spies. And this is what he says now in verse 15 and 16 of chapter 42. You will be tested in this manner. You are not going to leave this place until your youngest brother comes here. Go, send one of your, one of you guys back and go fetch your brothers. asru. And you will remain locked up here and your words will be tested to see if they're true. <coughs> because by the life of Paro, I still believe that you are spies. So, first of all, you could see that uh, Yosef is now creating a situation where he's going to test his brothers, meaning he's going to go and see if, in fact, they have done tshuva, if they have repented, and if they are going to be able to stand up for the next brother that is going to be lost um, if, 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 if push comes to shove. He's just going to create the perfect storm, and with that perfect storm, he is going to go and see if they, in fact, have felt bad by what they did to him um, and that they will stand up again 
um, for the, the next brother that is going to be lost. As always, just on the by and by, I say it all the time, love your comments. would love to know what you think or any questions that you have. 34519 is our SMS line, 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. We're going to look into verse 17 now. So he basically says, guys, you're going to stay in jail. One of you have to go home, fetch your youngest brother to go and verify what you allegedly say is the truth. Until then, I trust, I believe you are spies. He throws them into the tronky, into the guardhouse for three days. Now, what happens is that um, he does feel sorry for them. He put them in the, the, the cumulatively, he puts them in the prison for three days because they had allowed the people of Shechem to suffer pain for three days, and this was to atone for their sin. We spoke about it last week. We're speaking about it now. We'll probably be speaking about it again and again. No deed goes unturned. No action does not not have a reaction. Every reaction does have another action to it. And what we see as a very fundamental theme when we are learning um, um, Torah, um, and particularly now in the context of Chumash, of studying the five books of Moses, you can see that there is a system of divine justice. And while it does seem that people um, you know, uh, get away with bad things. The truth is nobody gets away with anything. It could be temporarily that you can get away with something, but ultimately at the end, um, what goes around comes around and you will be punished for your, your, your not so good deeds. On, on, on the other hand, you will always, always gain reward for your good deeds. So, God, so Joseph leaves them um, in the jail for three days. This was for a, not, not by Joseph, but by God, ensuring they were there for three days, was as uh, atonement for their sin of allowing the people of Shechem to suffer for three days from their bris before he killed them. Um, and then Joseph flips because he's going to say, I'm not like you, like on the third day you killed all the men of Shechem, um, I'm going to do the opposite and tell you what to do so that you will not die. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is because I fear God. So let's look in to verse 18. By Yomer Alehem, Yosef, Yosef says to them, by Yomashlishli on the third day, Zot Asu, this is what you're going to do. Vichiyu et Elokim Ani Yera, you're going to live. Um, and it's because I fear God. Kikainim Atem Achichem Echad. Um, if you are honest men, one of you, one of you brothers will be locked up in this same building where you're being held God. You could go and take supplies to your starving households. And then you will bring your youngest brother to me. And then I will see your, if your words are true. You will not die. And they agreed 
to do that. So he flips on the third day. He actually has a tremendous amount of compassion. He knows that there are starving families at home. They have to go get fed. Um, again, as we said, from a 50,000 rand view, we know that um, he is setting up the perfect storm in order to go and see that, in order to go and see that, in fact, um, he is, is, he's not, he, the next brother is not going to be betrayed. So very, very interesting. I'd love to know your comments on how you feel that, you, do, you, do you see God uh, recompensing you for stuff that you have done good? Have you ever come to a situation where you see that you did something wrong and maybe it's a week later, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's five years, 20, 30 years down the line, you see that what went around has come around again as a, a lesson for us. I'd love to know your comments. 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Okay, we're back and we're going to see now what is actually happening on the sidelines. We're in chapter 42, verse 21. Now the brothers are speaking one to the other. But we are guilty. When we saw our brother, meaning they're talking about Joseph now, suffering, his soul was suffering, and, and we saw the consequences of what we, we did to our brother. We saw the anguish of his soul. And he was behin chananoi. He was pleading with us. Lo shamanu. We did not listen. Now, Al Cain, therefore, Ba Elenu Hatsara Hazot, this trouble has now come upon us. You know, here is we need some clarification on some things over here because, um, first of all, let's understand this. Why is each brother saying it to each other? How is it recorded? Um, and what was going on? Well, they were actually having a fight with each other. All right. Um, when they saw that Yosef incarcerated them all, they literally, um, they, they thought, well, this was just something that was against all of them. When Yosef flipped it and he said, well, one of you is going to stay behind, they then realized this was what comes around, goes around, and comes back again. That here they were, back at the situation where what would the brothers do to the one who's now going to be pleading for, uh, for his soul, okay? Um, they realized straight away that they were guilty, and they realized that this now was something that was very, very, very difficult. So um, what basically happens, what basically happens is that they start discussing things between themselves. Now, you know, they, they weren't even really, really clear, like were they 100% guilty that they had sold Yosef 
Um, some of them held that they didn't because they threw him into a pit. They had intention to do other things to him. But in fact, um, it was the Midianites that sold to the Yishmaelites, etc., etc. So that 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 was one that was one issue. Um, others were going and saying, no, it was our fault because really in truth we we did sell Yosef for silver. If you recall, they needed shoes, they bought shoes, and so they're having an entire argument. Now, interestingly, this argument was held in Hebrew, and why were they talking so freely? Because they did not know that their brother, it was their brother Yosef, and they did not know that anybody else would be understood. Because as part of the farce, what happened was that when Yosef spoke to them, he pretended he didn't know Hebrew, and he called on his son Menashe to be an interpreter. So <clears throat> here they are having this, this whole discussion, and in fact, um, what's really, really happening is Yosef is listening to it. And they're getting pretty riled up about it. So if you look in verse 22, Ruven is part of them. Now, if you recall, Ruven was the one who said, put him into a pit. I'm going to carry on atoning for my sins. And when the, the brothers have finished eating, I'm going to come and save him. In the meantime, while he was in the pit, because this was Reuven, um, Reuven's doing to an extent, um, the Midianites had come by and the brothers had sold him. Vayan Reuven, this is verse 22, Otam to them, Lemor, saying, Halo amarti alechem lemor al yeled. Did I not tell you not to sin with this boy? Velo shamatem, and you didn't listen? Vegam damo hena nidrash. Now look. His blood is coming to avenge us. So you could see straight away that all the this PTSD, all this trauma that the brothers went through in selling and in lying to the father and and and, and Ruven is now all coming out in the dirty washing. They're having one heck of an, a, a quarrel between them. Verse 23, and they did not know. And they didn't know Yosef was listening because Yosef had put an interpreter between them. His son Menashe would speak to them in Hebrew and then interpret back to Yosef in um, Egyptian so that they wouldn't get any inkling whatsoever that he understood. Now, this was after they agreed that they would go home and they would leave one brother there. And now they're having this internal argument. And what was the reaction of Yosef? Now, you would think that many, many of the, um, probably a more understandable reaction is that Yosef would sit back and smile with glee. There you go. And now you guys are getting back for what you deserve, what you did to me. Look, now you're, 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 you're schwitzing. You're really upset and you're fighting and you're realizing that all of this came because of the ill treatment that 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 you gave me, but Yosef was a was a pure tzaddik, and he didn't think that. What did he think? Look in verse twenty-four. Vayisof He turns away from them, and what is his reaction? Vayefk. He cries. Vayashav He returns back to them. 
Aitaber alehem, and he says to them, Vayikach miitam et Shimon, um, he takes Shimon from them, Vayesor oto leenehem, and he imprisons them, imprisons Shimon in front of their eyes. So the first thing that I really want to discuss is the fact that, uh, is to look at Yosef's reaction. He had tremendous pity on his brothers. He really didn't enjoy what it is he was doing to his brothers. And this shows the greatness of Yosef. But it also needs to show the sensitivity and the greatness of, um, of, how of where we're supposed to be when we are treating our fellow human beings. And I'm going to, to uh, maybe say something now that, that might be um, very controversial, and I'm happy to debate on this course, but our rabbis pick up and they ask the question as to why were the brothers so reverent, so complying, so polite when they came down to Egypt. They bowed down before what, what they saw as the viceroy of Egypt. They were polite and trying to explain. There was nothing, you know, too much that they, they, they weren't that they were prepared to do. They were so compliant to the viceroy, to what seemingly to them was a complete stranger in their midst. But when it came to their own brother, when it came to their flesh and blood, they had a um, they, they they had an intolerance of him that was so bad that eventually he they sold Joseph into slavery in whichever form, whether they threw him in and it wasn't exactly them or that's the bottom line. They lost their brother over the intolerance, and our rabbis come to teach us a very very powerful lesson. And the lesson is, is that charity begins at home. That when one is acting, um, when one is, inter let me not use the word acting, but when one is, uh, I've lost the word that I'm actually trying to think for. When one is dealing with one's brother, with our fellows in the Jewish community, you know, maybe just because we're family, we get a little bit more hit up. Understandably, we get more mad at our spouses and our children than we would get with the stranger on the street. But nevertheless, the Torah is coming to teach us that when it comes to our family, to a fellow Jew, that we would, we are expected to rise above all the rebels, all the anger, all the madness that we have, and still treat each other with respect and with dignity, and to ensure that no harm comes of us. That was the behavior of Yosef. While Yosef saw a necessary uh, progress as to how um, his reunification with the brothers would happen, nevertheless, he was super sensitive. He understood there were families hungry at home. He understood that 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 you know, if just put that, that they were in a lot of pain, he turned around and he cried. He certainly had every opportunity to turn around and wreak revenge on them in the most vilest of manners. The brothers, on the other hand, didn't. They sold their brother into slavery because of their intolerance. And so, when we look, we we, we look down in history, we see many times where unfortunately. 
we have failed as a nation. Just in our, our past now, we, we look in the times of uh, the Holocaust and we read many, many, many accounts of the brutality and the difficulty that uh, we found ourselves in, in concentration camps. And we learn about the Kapos, those Jews who for themselves were, 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 were happy to turn their backs on fellow Jews and um, destroy them <clears throat> and, and cower down to the viceroys of Egypt, who in those days were called the Nazis. And whilst the majority of people, again, whilst the majority of people um, find that sensitivity, unfortunately, there can and has been an ugliness where they, um, you know, come out um, and are against against their own people as Yosef's brothers were. And I will go further. Um, and this is um, a comment on society today, on our Israeli government today. For the large part, when we watch the behavior of our government towards um, outward um, nations of the world, be it the United States, the, the, the United Nations, anybody else, we go out, we are polite, we bow down, we prostrate, we give up, we, we, we negotiate, we do absolutely everything that we believe should be done in order to ensure our standing in the world as a kind and tolerable uh, people. And so it should be, however, not at the expense of our brothers. And I'm talking about things like Gush Katif. I'm talking about the settlements of Yehuda and Shomron, things where it is in black and white. It is very clear. This is our land. This is the land that God gave us. This is the land that belongs to us. We do not have to cower to the pressure of the viceroys of Egypt of our day in, in selling off our fellow brothers to appease them. And so the very mistake that Yosef's brothers did, in fact, has perpetuated throughout history in many, many times, unfortunately, in many, many instances. And it is a, I cannot stress the powerful lesson um, of understanding that one cannot and should not and never sell out a brother. Now, in the same breath, I am going to qualify that when one needs to stand up and um, you know, say something or do something, et cetera, et cetera, um, one needs to, and one must do everything in one's power um, to 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 voice one's one's upset or argument, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But never cross the line where you sell your own soul because you are trying to appease a viceroy of Egypt, and uh, it's it's something that that we have yet to learn, sadly. Um, and though we, we, you know, us, us ordinary people on the ground cannot control our governments, et cetera, et cetera, we can certainly control ourselves and control the way that we behave towards, towards um, our fellow Jews and to ensure that while we can have healthy debate, while we can uh, express strong objections, at the end, the goal must be that we, we come um, to a place of peace and not go 
and put our brothers and sisters in a place where ultimately um, they lose and we have uh, we, we have appeased ourselves or bowed, bowed down ourselves to uh, the, 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 the viceroys of Egypt. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Share. 34519 or 061-895-1019. Now, why did Yosef choose his brother Shimon? The reason why he chose Shimon was because it actually was Shimon himself that, um, in fact, um, th- uh, 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 threw him um, out of the pit, uh, took him out of the pit. He was the one that, that, that did the sale, or I think it was he, he was the one that threw him into the pit. Shimon physically hurt his, uh, hurt, hurt Yosef. Um, he did the physical act. And so, um, again, now all the brothers will be let to go free and uh, Shimon will be left behind. Now, um, Joseph is, just very interestingly, um, I just wanted to share one more thing with you before we get on what else Joseph does. Shimon started complaining to his brothers Okay. First of all, also it says that Yosef chose Shimon because he wanted to separate Shimon and Levi because the two of them together are exceedingly powerful. They were the ones that destroyed the whole of Shechem. But Shimon complained bitterly to his brothers and he said to them, you know, the Egyptian viceroy is going to do to me what you did to Yosef. And you're the ones who decided to sell him as a slave. And instead of listening to me, you heeded the advice of Yehuda who said you should sell him. I did not agree to that. I wanted to kill him because it's better to kill him than sell him as a slave because one knows that slavery is a far a fate far worse than death. Now what are you doing, dear brothers? Are you going to be leaving me to be a prisoner and simply return home? And now the brothers argue further, says the Midrash, and they said, what do you want us to do? Do you want us now to stay with you here and let all our family starve? Um if, if our families weren't starving, we would stay with you. But we've now got an entire seven, it was, it was just under 70, 60, 50 people that are relying on us. And so Shimon acquiesced and he said, okay, it's fine. Do as you please. But I want to see who will be able to place me in prison. Because you remember, he was unbelievably powerful. When Yosef heard this, he sent a messenger to Paro and he said he wants 70 of his mightiest warriors and he told Paro that he had apprehended a number of thieves and he wanted to place them in chains. And when the 70 soldiers arrived, Yosef pointed to Shimon and he said to the soldiers, arrest that man, put him in prison. And it said Shimon rose up, opened up his mouth and he left, let out a terrifying war cry. And all the soldiers trembled in fear. They fell to the ground. They felt as if they had heard a lion's roar amplified many times and they were just too scared to do anything so Yosef asked Menashe uh, to arrest him and it said Menashe just simply walked over to Shimon gave him such a hard blow with his fist that Shimon was stunned and before he could regain consciousness he was heavily chained and he was put into prison and at the end Yosef says to his brothers Shimon will remain here now until you return and you present evidence that your words are true. This is 101.9 High FM. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 
Then what happens is that Yosef gives certain orders. We're going to look at verse 25. He gives orders and he gets their vessels filled with grain. And he gives instructions that all the money that they paid for all the goods that they were buying was to be returned back to them. Um he also told them to give them rations for their way home. And so was it. In fact, he went, he was as kind, Yosef. Can you see that he's dealing with this trauma in such a kind manner, in such a sensitive manner, that even when he filled up their sacks and he gave them the food, he also gave, filled up Shimon's sack because they were going to go home to Shimon's family who had no food. They placed their provisions on their donkeys and they departed. The Midrash goes, it tells us that as soon as they were freed, Yosef gives their instruction to the, the, the guards to remove the chains of Shimon and to place him in the custody of one of Yosef's most trusted courtiers who was to give him all he wanted to eat and drink and to show him the highest respect. But again, all at arm's length, can you see again Yosef fighting the trauma, the, 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 the want for revenge, not through revenge, but through absolute unadulterated kindness. We're looking at verse 27. One of them opens up his uh, sack, they had arrived at a, a hotel at an inn and he wanted to give his donkey some food. And what happens? Vayaret Kaspo. He sees his his um, he sees his money. It was right in the opening of his pack. Wow. For the brothers, things are getting worse. He says to his brothers, Hushav Kaspi, they've returned my money. Vegam am tachti, and it's in my pack. libam ish et achiv. They're like their hearts went out, meaning they absolutely chalish. Their hearts sank, and they started talking to each other in um, from from a point of trembling. Lamor saying, Ma zot asa elokim lanu. What has God? done to us. Here we go again, come full circle, what I was saying in the beginning, that you know, Hashem is running this world and there is divine justice. And one thing we could say of the brothers is again, that um, they realize this isn't the Viceroy of Egypt, but what is God doing to us? Like the plot is thickening. First we were told that we were slaves. They, I mean, we were, we were spies. Then our brother gets arrested. And now, oh boy, there's money. Now we're going to be, um, to says, we, we're going to be told that we are thieves. Now, who was the one that opened up the sack? It was Levi. Okay? And Levi opens up the sack. Remember, he's carrying the stuff for Shimon. They land up going and arriving at their father, um, Jacob. In the land of Canaan, and they tell him everything he was saying. Now, if you look at the word korot, happenings, you will see that it is deficient. It doesn't have a full vav. 
And the rabbis come to tell us that, in fact, they're going to temper what happened in Egypt, because if they have to explain it in complete detail, Yaakov is going to have a meltdown. Nevertheless, you will see that even in their tempering down the story, Yaakov is, is beside himself. They said to their father, Diber ha'ish Adonai ha'aretz itanu kashot. This ish, this man, this viceroy in Egypt spoke to us very harshly. And he said that we are spies at Haaretz, that we were spies of the land. And we said to him, we are honest men. We're not spies. And we told him that we were 12 brothers, <coughs> all who came from one father. One brother has been lost, and the younger one is with our father in the land of Canaan. Um, and he said, this man said to us, this, this man of Egypt, he said to us, um, he said to us, this is how I'm going to know whether you are honest, Leave one of your brothers with me, okay? Go home, feed your starving households. And then you must come back and you must bring back your youngest brother. I will know then that you are not uh, spies. And then I will return your brothers to you and you will be able to do business in the land. So they basically tell Yaakov uh, 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 the terms and conditions. And afterwards what happens is, Verse 35, they continued emptying their sacks, and each one's money bag was in his sack. They and their father saw their money bags, and now absolutely everybody is afraid. Their money sank. First, you know, it was, they were Meraglin, they were spies. Then they, they took Shimon. Then they found one thing of money in Levi's, and now when they arrive home, they see that in fact, um, they are all in big trouble now because everybody's money bag had been, has been returned. Vayomer Alehim Yaakov Avihim. Yaakov, their father, says to them, Sikaltem Yosef, Sikaltem Yosef, Enenu, Veshimon Enenu, Vesbinyomen Tikahu Alai, Hayu Keluna. You're making me childless. First, there's no Joseph, there's no Yosef. Now, there's no Shimon. And now you're asking me to take Benjamin? What are you doing? Everything, everything is happening to me. Okay? Why did he call himself childless? Okay? is he knew, Yaakov, that if he had 12 sons, he would not lose his um, portion in the world to come. And now there was like a countdown. Goodbye, Yosef. Goodbye, Shimon. Goodbye, Binyamin. 
he was getting really, really, really nervous. And our rabbis also tell us something very profound, that when a parent sees his child die, he is bereaved as if he has been childless. This is 101.9 High FM. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Finally, we've got two more verses by Yomi Reuven El-Aviv. Reuven says to his father, Et shnei banai tamit im lo avieu elecha tna ota aliadiv ani ashivenu elecha. Reuben feels very guilty. He is the oldest. He says, if I don't bring Benjamin back to you, then let two of my sons die. And die does not mean here in the physical sense, but he's saying to, to, to Yaakov, you can put them in harem, you can excommunicate them, you can ban them, because once you fall out of the community of Israel, that's, it, it feels like a death. To which the Medrash says, Yaakov replying, fool, are they not your sons and not mine? What kind of guarantee are you giving me? And he ignored him <coughs> because um, that wasn't something that was going to be palatable by Yomer. And Yaakov replies, Lo yered imachem. My son will not go with you. Ki achiv met, because his brother is dead. And he only remains. Something bad, misfortune can, can happen on the way down. And you are going to bring my white head down to the grave in absolute misery. Yaakov remains unbelievably stubborn and not agreeing for Benjamin, for Benjamin to be taken. You're going to have to uh, tune in next week to see what actually happens. This is 101.9 High FM and I'm Adel Kozilski.